It's a podcast. You're listening to Gorehead and the Wiener. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a classic episode of Gorehead and the Wiener. Today we're talking about a new movie. Barbarian. Yeah. And it's Barbarian without an S because there's also a new movie that came out that's an English horror movie called Barbarians with an S. So watch the singular, not the plural. Watch out. It's not multiple barbarians. It's a barbarian. We only got one barbarian. Don't you worry. That's it. Yep. Uh, yeah, we'll kick, off, kick it off with a cool little podcast intro brought to you by Chris. Oh, yes. You're building it up too much. (laughs) All right. From the wonderful world of Disney comes Barbarian, a movie destined to be stored in the Disney vaults for future generations to relive this classic family film set in America's real-life post-apocalyptic wasteland, Detroit. Barbarian also serves as a thesis on the need for real-life robocops and the importance of checking your Airbnb references. Yeah. Yeah, it's, this movie makes me not want to use Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrifying. Make sure you always check the basement of your Airbnb for God's sakes, or never rent, never rent an Airbnb with a basement. Is the cautionary tale of this yeah. movie? Yeah, I mean, there's oh. still lots of Airbnbs that can record you and shit. Apparently. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, you gotta like unplug your TV, their TVs, make sure they're not perverts. <laughs> yeah, gotta watch over those pervs. Yeah, so uh, Barbarian. That was uh, that was a good. It was a good movie. I was pleasantly surprised. Awesome. And um, it was a delight. Delightful. I'm glad that it's been. I mean, not a delight. That delight might be the wrong word. To use. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's necessarily a delight. I think it was refreshing. It was uh, yes, a unique spin on something that you really didn't see coming. For a first-time film director, he knocked yeah. it out of the park. Like, that man clearly job. knows his horror and is a big fan because he he nailed it right out of the gate. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Zach uh, Krager. There's definitely movie. areas that could be improved, but it was solid. Like, I don't think yeah. there were any He kept parts... it simple. Yeah, simple, but, like, a weird idea. Yes. So, simple, weird idea, but in a very minimal location, which I think is Mm -hmm. the smartest thing to do for horror movies specifically, because it forces you to get creative, and like, and Mm -hmm. with creativity comes comedy, comes good horror, good scares, interesting character development, I don't know, it just, it inspires you to think outside of the box instead of just doing something big. Well, and you yeah. just have to make sure, like a like a simple dish that's perfectly cooked. Every part of it has to be right, or else it's wrong. So, if you have like a low budget <laughs> horror movie, you need to make sure all the pieces are like well crafted, and the characters are are three dimensional. Your story makes sense. <laughs> there is yeah. a story. It doesn't have to be fully flushed out and explained. You can keep it vague and just make sure that you keep a visual interest the entire movie. And this movie is amazing at 
keeping you visually engaged in yep. many different ways. Like not just scary ways. You're just like, it, it, you're just, all of a sudden you just keep getting moved in different what directions and you're just like, Oh, Oh, okay. What the hell's happening now? Is, where's this going to go? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was, um, it was not done in a confusing way. It was done no. in a, in a, in a good, uh, show don't tell type of a way, which I very much appreciated. And I also very much appreciated the characters, which we'll get into in a bit, but, um, they were not stupid. I mean, some of them were, but that was kind of their personality. Not yeah, the point. Not an emptiness. You know, they, yeah, they weren't. You have they, they were main... still fully flushed. It was a fully exactly. flushed out character, and you could understand why the characters were choosing the decisions that they chose. It made sense for their characters, so it wasn't that you weren't ever, you know, throwing things at the screen, just you know, frustrated that someone's making a a decision that's completely opposite of what yeah. their character is. Exactly. Like going back, uh, like I was telling you, I'm, I'm editing a little, a little clip from our arachnophobia <laughs> video and just going back and listening to the commentary of that. There's so many parts where I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? There's literally yes. two spiders on the door. You could leave. You could leave right now. But there's none of that in this movie because you have a character that is an intelligent character and you believe that they're smart and you believe they'd make these decisions. And then you have some stupid characters that you believe would be this stupid and, yeah. and selfish because it's sort of been established that this is who they are. And it was established enough. Didn't go too much into it. I, I appreciated that. and But there was still enough that you believed that these people were who they are. Yeah. They're very yeah. believable. Like you, uh, they they make all these tiny decisions that normal human beings would yeah. would make, like which which all make perfect sense. You're like, oh yes, of course you would. You're gonna take a photo of this guy's driver's license. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Like, and then you know she walks into the bathroom and she sees a very character trait of like this guy's automatic toothbrush plugged into the wall of the bathroom floor. Like that's like such a little thing, but it's like, oh okay speaks volumes to him as a person kind of like he just doesn't really care it's fine whatever it'll just i'm not staying here living here and it, it just kind of helps flush out like you know whether yeah. you believe him or not <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um so yeah now i will get into the gore summary and the rating it's and a tough gore one like, <laughs> yes i will um explain this Again, I explain the rating system a few times um, throughout our podcast, but because this is a newer movie, we might be getting new people watching. We're not just reviewing some oh, random Oh, please be somebody movie. new. <laughs> please, new people. So, Get us to 16 as... subscribers. Come on! Yeah. Do it. Be number 16. Everyone remembers number 16. Oh, it's the best number. <laughs> Gotta be number 16. Get it on the ground floor. <laughs> So, as I'm sure you know, we're Gorehead and the Wiener. I'm the Wiener, and Chris is the Gorehead that introduces me to uh, a bountiful array of um, gory movies to get my tolerance to gore higher so that I can watch <laughs> and enjoy good horror movies that contain gore. Because there's a lot of good horror movies out there that aren't just a gore fest, but are good movies. And that's my mm. goal, is to be able to just watch any movie I want without having to be completely terrified the whole time. <laughs> in every movie I give, um, I give a, a gore rating and I give it 
uh, a number out of five gory wieners. And the higher the gory wiener, that means if I give it five out of five gory wieners, it means it's 100% watchable by a gore wiener like me. Nice and easy. And for this movie, I gave it 3.75 out of five oh, because oh, I oh. felt like, and I, I could round it to four, but it just felt like there was good gore in it that I couldn't give it a four. I just couldn't do it because there's some, <laughs> there's some good gore in it. And oh, like, yeah. Especially right at the know, end. There's there's some memorable it's, it's bits. It's at the, at the end. end. It's not a lot of it. And I think they they don't show it for very long, which is why I almost gave it a four. But 3.5, I think it's a little more watchable than 3.5 because I've given more gory movies that rating. So Yeah, the, the gore yeah. level. But I will say it's a very tense movie. So it will keep yeah. you very uncomfortable while you're watching it. Exactly. So it's a 3.75 out of 5. Take that as you will. If you're a little bit, if you're very, very squeamish, then you can round down. If you're not squeamish, you can round up. There you go. <laughs> take your pick. <laughs> to choose your own your rating. Pick. Choose your own adventure. <laughs> so the first thing we see is some head smashing. Um, yep, head smashing. <laughs> very, very fast. Very fast yep. paced. It's but some blurred. good looks. Get some good, uh, some good uh, shots. Yeah, there's motion blur on it, so it's not like you're gonna see it in full glory. It's just glory, glory. a motion blurred face smashing. <laughs> As in, you can perfectly visualize that in your mind, viewers. <laughs> yeah, you know the blur effect, gorse head smashing. It's the classic. It's that one. Just... It's that one. <laughs> Um, there's uh, a person gets hit by a car. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's an arm that gets fully ripped off. That and, was and then fun. Guy gets beaten to death with his own arm. Oh yeah, amazing. Oh, I was so happy. I'm like, that. oh boy. You, I like. I have to imagine they they really enjoyed shooting that shot. Like, it's just it's yeah. so over the top and, it, and it's comedic. It's real. It's just like yeah, she's already this... ripped off his arm. The guy's not gonna come after her, but she proceeds to just beat the ever loving shit out of him with a fucking arm. It's amazing. <laughs> there's definitely some scenes in this movie that made me go, oh, there's your comedic background. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and it's funny because I know this guy because I used to watch his comedy show. The <laughs> whitest watched... guys you know. Yeah, the whitest kids you know. Yeah, whitest kids you know. <laughs> we'll get into that later. But <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I watched the watch an interview with him, I'm like, holy shit, it's a guy for the whitest kids you know. He made this. It's like, what the fuck? So funny. Yeah, you never know. People have hidden talents everywhere. Yeah, that guy's in a skit where he's just drinking a jug of PCP in a children's park. Sick. Amazing. Uh, okay, we also see a person fall off a building. It's not gore, but it's like, uh, I don't know, Hurt. painful to watch, I guess. Yeah. Um, you get shot see... in the tummy as well. Your little tummy yes, shot. Yes, we do little... see several gunshots. Uh, we see a gunshot to the head and a gunshot to the tummy. Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> Just the tummy. Uh, yes, uh, we see some eye gouging mm. and a head being ripped in half, but it's shot from behind. <laughs> yes, which yes. Which was a bit shocking. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's pretty great. It's a pretty great shot. Pretty shocking. Shot. If it was ripped from the front, I probably would have 
definitely made it at 3.5. <laughs> oh, that would have been awesome. That could have. But it's from behind, so you don't like. It's very clearly like some sort of a dummy head or something. Oh but, yeah, yeah. It's shot in very I mean, dark lighting. Not but... a real head. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what I was trying to imply there. <laughs> it's very obviously uh. dummy head. Yes, Emma, because normally it's not a dummy head. It's real. <laughs> a real head. Yeah. Like, I know a guy. Just, just an old guy. But yeah, that's um, that's all the gore. So yeah. it's not, and a it's lot. very um. There's a lot of pacing. Things that happen that kind of make you relax a little bit, and then yes, something spooky happens. But it's the scary things aren't always gore, which I appreciate for me specifically. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's some yeah non gory parts that are way more disgusting <laughs> than anything we've talked about so yeah, far. Well, you're you're definitely more. Uh, grossed out by things that are not gore related and for me it's always the gore related things that can cause someone physical pain that's the stuff i can't watch but like the weird gross shit i can i don't know why that's the <laughs> so weird delightful thing. it just it's makes like me feel watched, so uh, bad when we watched x and you're so disgusted by the the <laughs> fake naked old lady and i'm just like oh, i don't know it's a gross it looks like it's an old body and it's clearly done up for horror purposes but it's not gore so i was okay oh, with it no, i don't no, enjoy watching it she's but with it pearls lying in the bed the point that it grosses you out <laughs> it's so, it's so gross. funny it's like, so and, and i guess in relation to this i feel like you would put this on this list oh, there definitely. is a naked deformed woman which yeah. maybe I should have like added a spoiler warning in front of that statement. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly leads to questions about the plot. So from here on out, like yeah, hundred percent spoiler warning. We're in the spoiler yeah, there's territory. A, da, da. There's there's this certainly leads to questions. Because <laughs> yeah. you don't expect that from this movie. Yeah, I, like don't. I introed it as a Disney made Airbnb <laughs> movie set in Detroit. Well, the... I wasn't expecting any of that from the trailer, and I'm no. really glad they didn't. They didn't reveal it. I think it's that was brilliant. finally a trailer that makes you want to watch a movie, and then you watch it and you're surprised because there's so that many would be more movies. Such a shame that, like, if they ruined it. If this was like a Marvel movie or some sort of a big movie, they 100% would have spoiled that. Ironically, it was Disney. <laughs> yeah, it was Disney. but it was still like, uh, I don't know. It's, a, it's one it of the like, smaller, like, conglomerate. Well, Disney's like, you know, like Cthulhu with millions of tentacles. Yes. It has so many, it, it like, feels subsidiaries. Like an upper, like, a high, high scale indie film. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, that's definitely what it is. Like the budget must yeah. be must have been pretty pretty small on it. Like it's, yeah. But it's uh, yeah, because you know Bill Skarsgård is the biggest name in the movie by Bill. far, and it's like, you know, he probably did that for like on the cheap because you know, well, one, he's not really in the movie too much we're in spoilers you can uh you can put the head smashing together with him not being in the movie very much <laughs> yeah and, uh, yeah and that was genius of them to put him in there because it's oh, like yeah, cause, well and he's renowned like creepy guy in movies so 
Well, that's what I mean. It's like he's kind of at this point like a red herring or yeah, or like a, a false. Uh, he's definitely he's a red herring. Like he's definitely a red herring. Like a red you herring. think that yeah, he so he's is like a, the villain, essentially the barbarian, you if you will, to be the villain. And we can get in. We'll get into this pretty soon here. But just the the themes of the movie, which is basically just uh, the. Fear of the fear that women tend to have have to live with on a daily basis versus um, kind of like the lack of fear that men live with on a daily mm-hmm. basis. And those two people basically coming together and you're seeing their reactions to each other and how one person is very clearly cautious, afraid, and, you know... Mm-hmm. paranoid as fuck and then another person is just like oh yeah i'm just being a good person like no big deal blah, yeah blah, blah. Not he, thinking anything through no perspective like he doesn't understand that yeah by yeah. him acting in this overtly friendly way that is a red flag in and of itself because like you're still strangers yeah. you don't know each other you wouldn't be this familiar with someone like if it was a man who also answered the door would he have been as friendly with a man who answered the door Probably not. Probably wouldn't have offered the dude some wine. (laughs) Probably would have been a little more hesitant to let the dude stay, especially if he was like a bigger man, like that could possibly overpower him or something like, and then he could feel that. Exactly. So yeah, I'll just dive right into it now. We're getting into the detailed summary of the movie. And for anyone new, this is just, I go over the whole movie, um, the story of everything and we dive in a little bit deeper into the scary stuff for people like me that um like to hear about movies before watching them or for anyone not afraid of spoilers and just curious about what this movie is about this is where we dive into the full story full plot summary everything so yeah starting out Barbarian is a 2022 American horror film written and directed by Zach Krager in his directorial debut. Did I pronounce his last name right? Krager? I think so. Krager, Krieger. I don't know. Krager. Close enough. All right. So, coming into town. Sorry? It sounds like a cracker brand. It does. Krager's crackers. Exactly. So, we start out with Tess. she is coming into town for an interview. She books an Airbnb <laughs> in Brightmoor, which is a neighborhood in Detroit. Um, and it's very dark upon her arrival, so we only really see um, the entryway to the Airbnb. I will say there's, like, you can get nitpicky with some of, like, the choices in this movie. And one being that she never bothered to Google search where her airbnb was where if she took one single look at a google map she would realize that there's like a demilitarized zone around her airbnb and it looks like it looks like a post-apocalyptic wasteland it looks like the last of us yeah it it looks sketchy as fuck but we don't know that starting out the movie no but she should as the character who's like an intelligent woman she should (laughs) she drives up in her jeep um compass i think jeep compass <laughs> wow i've i never knew you were a car girl emma well that's I'm something not. new that i found out you're <laughs> you're a gearhead 
<laughs> I'm not a gearhead. I was just planning on buying a Jeep when I bought my car. <clears throat> uh, this is uh, editing Emma, and I stand corrected. It was actually a Jeep Cherokee. It literally says it on the side of the Jeep if you go back and uh, rewatch it, which I did because I was not 100% sure on my car knowledge. So, yes, there you go. I was wrong. Oh! Into other <laughs> like, Ooh, I wonder how it handles. <laughs> I mean, I really wanted one until I realized it comes without any bells and whistles, and it's the most bare bones car you can ever drive. It's literally just four wheel so in it. You're not yeah. endorsing the Jeep Compass, then. No. <laughs> so, on this week's episode of Emma Reviews Vehicles, the Jeep Compass is a no buy. <laughs> Unless you get a new one. But the oh, old ones yes. I was driving, they're pretty rickety. You know, okay, they were yeah. a newer one. You're not getting the leather interior DLC <laughs> package. They're fun to drive, but there's just like, there's no Bluetooth. There's like, it's wind down uh, windows. Like, oh, what? Non power windows. Pff, Man, in this in day and age, it's, uh, yeah, it's a big deal. You want you yeah. want a I want a comfort ish vehicle for long road trips that I can also take camping and to like yeah. areas <laughs> areas where you hide your bodies. <laughs> Emma's also a secret serial killer on the side <laughs> for her, with her Jeep compass that she keeps all of her corpses in to bury in the woods. I don't know. It's like I watched Great cargo drivers. space. You fit like yeah. a whole tarp in there. Amazing. When she drove in with her car in that in the intro, it's like, ooh, cheap compass. <laughs> ooh, ooh, you're like checking out the interior. It's like, oh, she got Bluetooth. God, Bluetooth just a in tape there? Deck? Oh yeah, that's the same one that I drove. Yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyways, so she shows up in her cheap compass. Two thumbs down. Would not buy. <laughs> so she's coming into town for an interview. Not a lot of left. And we find that her Airbnb is double booked. She arrives oh, at like midnight. A guy answers the door and it is occupied by Keith, Bill Skarsgård. <laughs> my favorite Who's, horror boy. Yeah, you're my favorite horror boy, Bill Skarsgård. <laughs> He's my favorite horror boy. <laughs> you're a horror boy. <laughs> oh, you're a horror boy. You're my favorite. I would not want to be greeted by Bill Skarsgård, though, in a strange yeah. place. Well, if it was actually Bill Skarsgård the human, but if it was someone like Bill Skarsgård, that dude's like six foot five. Like, that would be... Oh, Jesus! I didn't know he was that tall. All yeah. right, yeah. yeah. The Skarsgård come from uh, long stock. <laughs> it, he is definitely of the horror genre of the Skarsgård. He has the perfect, like, horror... I yeah. Well, he's a little, he's a little, little weirder looking than, than Alexander. You know, well, the yeah, true blood scars guard. They look like they could be like ripped surfer dudes. And you don't Yeah, necessarily well, like Swedish see... models. <laughs> yeah. They well I mean they all look like models, but like Skarsgard could be like the one for the like the in like the the quirky cologne. Bill's oh, yeah, the quirky yeah, cologne he's... model. And the other guys are like, Oh, these are my this I am just wearing underwear. Yeah, the Calvin Klein model. Well, well, Bill Skarsgård, he would he would model like a fall line of clothes. A lot of toques, maybe some some poofy oh, vests. Yeah. <laughs> he could be like a, a snowboard model or like a skate, oh, like for Vans. Yeah, 
Yeah, that'd be a good one, Anyways, too. Anyways, we're yeah. getting way too far into <laughs> this. <laughs> yeah, we just need to know that Bill Skarsgård, he's, he's, he's a winter month model, not a summer <laughs> month model. You know, He's a winter month model. <laughs> yeah. Which, my personal opinion, is more my aesthetic. So, you know, I'm you not... You live in Montreal, gonna, so it makes sense. I'm not going to pretend that I could... Uh, I could... I don't know what I'm trying to say. Woo, right woo, Alexander try- Skarsgård, the summertime no. Skarsgård. No, I, I, the summertime models are out of my league. If I want yeah. to woo any type of a model, it would have to be like the one that is like just into like the weird, the weird uh, alternative clothes, you know? Like, you know what? They're probably more down go. to earth. They don't get as much, you know, publicity and, and, uh, and, <laughs> adulation from the women is the summertime models who are you know they're always yeah. just on That's the beach too mainstream but... you know it's just yeah yeah anyways yeah. uh bill skarsgård he'd be a good good dinner date he'd give you some rich conversation <laughs> i'm not gonna woo any of them it's fine it's uh, they're all out of my league you're, but it's like it's all wishful thinking <laughs> you just you hold on to that onto that skarsgård star one day <laughs> I'll find my own scars guard one day. <laughs> Wish upon a oh. scars guard. There's tons of them. <laughs> Wish upon a scars guard. It should That's be so like fun. a twinkling North Star in the sky, but it's like Bill Skarsgård's face superimposed on the twinkling yeah. star. And you it's... wish upon a Bill Skarsgård. It's just Wish a twinkling star. It's like the Teletubby sun, but it's a, it's a Bill Skarsgård face. Yes, yes. We've made it approximately one one hundredth through the movie. So <laughs> yeah, anyways. we've we've talked we at great lengths it. about the vehicle of the main character and Bill Skarsgård and our thoughts upon his modeling career and his brothers. <laughs> yes, we haven't even made it in the Airbnb yet. So so far, we're still alive. Yeah. The door is open. <laughs> the door is open and. Wish Upon a Scars Guard greets us here <laughs> in the doorway. Um, and Tess is initially very unnerved. Unnerved. She is. Yeah. She has all of her guards up, which I am so happy that they wrote her this way. Because, yes, if it's you're It's so nice Airbnb, to see how smart she is. It's like, this is yes. a competent woman. If your Airbnb is double booked and then they invite you in, I would do the same thing as her. I'd be like, okay, well, I'll come in to sit on the couch. I very much appreciate you, yeah, like bringing me in outside of the cold and the dark because he does initially say it's a really dangerous neighborhood. You shouldn't just be here. Yeah. So she's like, okay, fine. I'll come in and I'll look for hotels on my phone while I'm just sitting in here. Like, don't even, I'll be gone in five minutes. Yeah. And that's what she does she goes she's looking for hotels and um there happens to be some sort of a conference in town so all of the hotels are completely booked up and so they realize the only thing they can do really is either she'd have to sleep in her car or she just splits it with him and he's also equally annoyed but not at her just at the situation Mm -hmm. and He's being, he's trying to be overly nice about it. He's definitely trying to be welcoming, trying not to be weird, but in that he is being very fucking awkward and like yeah, he's making like... tea. He's like, here, let me get you some tea. La, la, la. And she just doesn't drink it. It's an open container. She didn't see him make it. Smart has, move. Yeah. He has this like 
this brilliant and very uncomfortable just like monologue where he's going through his like neuroses about how he's like, Oh, I completely understand that the tea didn't want to drink because you didn't see me make it. So you don't know if I put something in it, but yeah. I have this wine and it's still closed. So I thought I'd just leave it and then maybe we could have some together. It's like, okay, I, I can understand from your point of view, you think you're doing a good thing, but every word that comes out of your mouth is like making you just want to like back up more and more and more. And she keeps saying no, it's almost like, and actually it's kind of brilliant because later in the movie, we can get to it he won't take her no for an answer either it's it's in a much yeah. smaller way than the no that isn't taken later in the movie but those are linked the fact that like they both yeah. are these two scenes of the same context but just you know very different subject matter yeah. but they're both acting in a very similar fashion which is you know very well done i very much appreciated the the theme of the movie cuz yeah it's like and they play it out so well where it's like, okay, yes, this woman is being smart about everything. She's thinking everything through. There's literally a scene like where she goes into the bedroom to put her stuff in there and she sees his wallet until mm -hmm. she opens it up and takes a photo of his driver's license and then gives it back to him. And it's like, yeah, smart. smart. And <laughs> they, you see her locking the door behind her every time she goes somewhere. Yeah, like the bathroom. Make sure to show the door locking. The, the bedroom, show the door locking. Yeah. Which and comes into play, because those locked doors certainly save her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> so they kind of, the, the beginning of it is kind of sweet, because it starts out almost like a rom-com, but there's still this, like, air of tension. Like, it's not quite as sappy as I think a rom-com would be. It's not as cutesy. No. It's very, like, it feels real. Like, it does well, yeah. feel like a normal situation that would be uncomfortable. They're both uncomfortable. But then they find they both have common interests, and so that's when they kind of... You see them now, they're sharing wine together, they're having a good time, they're laughing. Um, it seems They seem very good together. They seem like they have great chemistry. Yeah, that they, they have they would, good chemistry. They would, they would have a good relationship together. You know, maybe he's, like, a little little awkward but like he seems like a pretty genuine dude and you know yeah. she's got her shit together she's getting out of a relationship with an overly needy controlling guy like she's seen uh kind of rejecting this dude's calls a few times through the beginning of the movie and you you know he's never talked to you never she never talks to him he doesn't come in play into the movie it's just kind yeah. of something to help establish you know yeah her character which is great Exactly, which I yeah, I definitely appreciate that they don't, you don't have to dig into that. It's just, no. it's more of a building of her character, which is nice. And it's such so, a relatable issue, like, holy crap, I'm sure uh, <laughs> it's not uncommon for a woman to have a story about a controlling man in their life. It's uh... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that, that theme does come into play a lot in this movie, and especially Jeez. with another character that's introduced later. But um, with this situation, it is much more, um, what's the word? It's, it's a subtle control, I guess. Like, you don't necessarily, it's more of an ignorant type of a control with the guy. Because it's more yeah. of him being super unaware of why she would be uncomfortable. Even though he does seem like he's trying to help, he just... Like, they have this conversation at one point where she's like, 
yeah, for you, you get to be messy. You get to walk in and you get to throw your shit everywhere. For women, it's like, no, we have to walk in. We have to be very prepared. We have to show like we have everything under control, but realize like, yeah, we are the ones that tend to be cleaning up messes and... Well, and, and she just, just says, like, for us. she specifically says about how it's like, if our roles were reversed, you wouldn't think, stop for a second to come in because you, I'm yeah. disarming to you right off the bat. But for me, if I was the one inside and you were outside, there's no way in hell I would have let you in. Like, she says it straight up and she's 100% serious. Like, there's no way I would have let you in. Like, that's insane. Yeah. But you let me in right away because I'm not a threat to you. You automatically dismiss me as a threat and it, it kind of plays in a little bit to like you know bill skarsgård's character is kind of being selfish in a very subtle way because he's yeah. he's not he's just not taking her word like he thinks that he knows better than her and that if he can just get her to do this thing the situation will be calmer everything will be better and you know we can he can feel comfortable because I think it's also about how he wants to feel comfortable and he thinks the things that he's going to do will make it more comfortable, but it doesn't like how he insists on her sleeping in the bedroom. And she says, I have a thing about dirty sheets. So he goes out of his way to wash the sheets, which takes like two hours going from the the washer to the dryer. It's like, dude, she said she'd be fine sleeping on the couch or just like leave it. Who cares? Yeah, like just no, trust exactly. her. Like you don't have, like you don't know this woman. Like just know that she probably knows herself better than you do. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's, yeah, I guess um, a subtle selfishness is a better way to describe it because it's, yeah, it is not necessarily controlling. It's more of a not, selfishness, I think. Yeah, he's not trying to be like. No, uh, it's also negative. conscious, yeah. but. Um, yeah, it's not like consciously he's like, oh, it's a woman, therefore I am not in danger. It's more of just a type, you know, you're brought up culturally. A lifetime and... of situations that people are exposed to. And, yeah. if you know, it's a pretty common thing for women to be oppressed in day-to-day culture in, you know, very large ways. Some women can never go outside except showing their eyeballs. And, you know, yeah. other women have to be catcalled by construction workers while they try to go to work. And it's like, yeah. you know, it's all the same thing. It's men putting dominance upon women. And yes. the movie's good at, at showing the uh, the range of which that can happen. And the two extremes. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, it does. Yeah, so after this awkward rom-com intro and you like think everything's good because they're getting drunk together and it's like oh they're gonna be friends (laughs) they're gonna gonna hang out and so they go to bed there's like a little bit of sexual tension but like nothing happens and um the, the night terrors so she goes to sleep and this is the one time she forgets to lock the door And she wakes up in the middle of the night because she hears something. And she wakes up to her door being open. And she's like, fuck, what the hell, man? She goes out and she sees Keith having, like, a a night terror. Kind of questions him if he opened her door. And he's like, what? No. He's super startled. (laughs) So startled. He's having a nightmare. And it's like, okay, well, that was fucking weird. She goes, 
She closes the door and locks it and then goes to sleep. Mm -hmm. So now it's the next morning and Keith is, is gone and Tess goes to the interview and we get to see how fucked the neighborhood is now that it's all <laughs> bright. Full daylight. Um, all regale. Yeah. She has her interview. It doesn't really play much into the story, but basically the interview goes pretty well and the interviewer is like, well, you should not be in that neighborhood. That place is fucking sketchy as shit. And uh, Tess is like, well, you know, it, it's not a big deal. Like, I'll just, I'm leaving soon anyways. I can take care of myself. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. She returns and, the, and is immediately chased by a homeless man yelling oh, at God. her to leave and she gets inside just in time rambling like a maniac with yeah. arms. so crazy um, and tess ventures into the basement for toilet paper and she finds a hidden corridor oh, no. yeah in this part was like both like I think she was being kind of smart. I feel like I could see myself doing this. It's like it's kind of smart, but it's also stupid. But I like I don't know. I could don't see myself doing it up to a point. Like I don't yeah. think I would go in the corridor, but I would do the same thing she does to try to look in it possibly. Like so yeah. she finds As soon as I saw a secret entrance, I would barricade the shit out of that thing. I would not want to go down there. Like, oh my if someone God. goes out of their way to make a secret wall door in their basement, yeah. there's not going to be like, it like peaches, his friggin' preserves are behind there. Oh, it keeps it really dry. <laughs> and if you heard something in the middle of the night, too, like, I think I'd just get the fuck out of there, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah. there's like a rope in the wall. And so she pulls the rope and the rope opens a door, like a hidden door in the wall. And she grabs a mirror to like reflect life, light off of it to kind of like see what's down see. there. And uh, it, she doesn't see anything bad. So she goes in and she sees like basically a murder room with like a mattress covered oh, in like dirt and blood a real a bloody... sturdy stained mattress that is oh, not hygienic yeah. oh boy no. there's a bloody handprint on the wall there's like a camera in there pointed at the bed and the and tripod she... is like drilled into the concrete like this is a hardcore oh. tripod so like Probably some rough stuff happened in there. Fuck, I didn't even notice that, but... Yeah, it's like hardcore drilled in with support, so it's just like, oh, oh, that's... That that's not nice. lead to great thought processes of what happens. No. So after this, she, um, she runs out and... Um, She's locked in the basement at this point. I don't know if I mentioned this. She goes down. Yeah, she's... well, that's why she that's why she finds the secret place because she tries to get a bucket to to look out the window, and then that's when she finds this little cord that opens the door, and so yeah, yeah. and then... yeah, because the door shuts behind her and it locks automatically from the inside. So that's a red flag right away that yeah, the door that's just not locks. <laughs> so she immediately runs out and she sees that Keith has just arrived back from um whatever he was doing and yeah. <laughs> stuff stuff Keith's 
stuff. <laughs> just be and... like a be like a sequel to this called Keith, and it's just it's like a normal slice of life movie where it just follows his day, and it's just completely normal. And <laughs> he's like talking about meeting this girl in the Airbnb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just called Keith stuff. Yeah, <laughs> Keith Keith day. Keith day. Brackets before his head's crushed. (laughs) Yeah, before his terrible end, which would be very out of nowhere. But so Keith arrives and helps her out of the basement. There's like a window that she can crawl through, which, by the way, if you have seen them, which is a series that we talked our first series that we watched through on Casual Creeps, uh, there's a lot of things in this that remind me of that series and one of them being this house because it looks like it's straight out of the 60s and the basement looks very similar to (laughs) the basement of the Emery's house where it has like the little Mm -hmm. sliding or not sliding but yeah rotating up windows that are just like the little slits anyways yeah yeah. I don't know what those windows are called something but she crawls out of there and uh, it tells Keith about this freaky room and she's the bucket you know, room. Ex- explaining this to Keith like it sounds like a murder dungeon basically like there's a bloody mat there's a, a dirty mattress basically she says uh-huh. with a uh, bucket on the ground and like a bloody f- handprint and he's like I don't know it's a basement like there's gonna be weird shit down there like it's yeah. it's just junk like yeah. everyone puts in their basement like completely not taking her seriously in any way, which mm-hmm. again makes me makes the audience I feel wonder is like okay, well, is this because she's a woman that he's not believing her, or is it just uh, at that him? point? I thought he was a serial killer. It's like you're like, at oh my point, god, yes, because it, 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 it but... just totally rebalances you back. Because at this point, you're like, yeah, her and Keith are, are gonna have a happy relationship together, but now it's like. Why isn't he believing her in any yeah. way? It's like, is it his weird sex dungeon? Because that's yeah. What it's well, it does to make you like. wonder that. But yeah. now knowing that he's an innocent person, it makes me wonder. It was like if a guy ran down there and was that frantic about something, mm-hmm. would he be taken more seriously? I don't know. Uh, Maybe Keith is also would have reacted the same, but yeah. don't know. These are the questions the movie makes us ask. and um yeah keith goes down to the corridor out of curiosity and after some time he kind of just like stops responding to tess and so she goes down to see (laughs) if he's okay like she's just like standing at the top of the stairs and like she's got like her runners on she's just like you just see her face she looks so fucking worried and she doesn't want to go down, back down no, there and that just, would be me too i don't want to do this <laughs> yeah it's perfect it's perfect her acting is, is spot on i don't want to go yeah well because so. then she says like you you can stay here she's like i am staying here <laughs> i'm not going back down there yeah but then, exactly once he disappears and stops responding her unfortunate kind nature gets her into greater and greater peril throughout the movie. Like being a nice person really doesn't pay off a whole lot in the movie. She gets pretty messed up for being a good person. Yeah. That's kind of the shitty thing. It's like, all right, damn it. Maybe it pays to be a A little little more selfish sometimes. 
but I do very much appreciate that she's a genuinely good person. She's a super nice person. A better person than I. I wouldn't go back down there for a stranger. I would leave and call the police and tell them I found yeah. a sex dungeon. Go bring a gun and go explore it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah, I think I would do the same. I don't think I could physically go back in there. I don't think I'm brave enough, but oh she God. does. She she goes, She's a brave goes back lady. in there to see if Keith is okay. And Keith finds Tess. Okay. He's like crawling, freaking out. He's screaming for help. And then this deformed naked lady jumps into frame and slams his head. Like she's screaming yep. at the top of her lungs with fucking hair and her big old titties. Boobs flopping around. Completely naked. And it's like, must be almost seven feet tall and is has gnarly teeth. Looks like sloth on steroids. Female sloth. Like if there's yeah. a real version of sloth, that's what sloth would actually be like. <laughs> Yeah. This woman. And she just like she oh my god, it's so intense when she comes because it's just like darkness screaming and like you <laughs> don't really see it too much. Her scream is horrifying. And she just so violently just grabs the side of Keith's head and just starts smashing it into the side yep. of the wall. And like you said, with the blurry head smashy effect. The, the, the blurry head smashy. Uh, yeah, so he She's his head is slammed terrible. into the wall until it's caved in, basically. But you the don't scream, the scream is just so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say it's beautiful, but it, it happens. You have a lovely singing voice. <laughs> oh, can you sing "Sweet Home Alabama"? I don't know mama, why that was the song that mama. came to my head. Sweet <laughs> <laughs> you got a fresh sound this kid's going places so fresh so fresh so after this moment he's gonna keep her calm hard... or she'll smash people's heads in the yeah you gotta, studio. you gotta stay calm around this lady so this we we hard cut now to aj driving a red convertible in california and aj's yeah. character and there is some and happy he... music going on it is yes. a tonal whiplash from seeing bill skarsgård's head caved in what is this actor's name again? Justin Long. Remember? What is it? Justin Long. Justin he's in Long. He's in tons of like so comedies from the 2000s. He was also in a horror movie, Jeepers Creepers, where he and loses Tusk. his eyes, funny enough. Oh, God. <laughs> and he was in Tusk. Oh, yes, he was in Tusk. Yes, he plays the titular Tusk. He gets titular. turned. Titular. He, he gets turned from a man into a walrus and has yeah, to wear a giant walrus suit. And he breaks his brain and thinks he's a walrus. Maybe we'll watch that one day. I it's, don't want to. He's held captive by an old Canadian man who lives in Winnipeg in his oh, mansion. Fuck. And he has a room that he keeps him in. It's his walrus room. Only like, in Winnipeg. There's a pool in it. It's amazing. Only in Winnipeg. No, just just kidding. Winnipeg. You don't, <laughs> you don't Manitoba. You don't know what goes on there. Those I prairies. don't know. I've only driven through it, and I will say it's, it's not my favorite province. I don't think it's anybody's favorite <laughs> province. <laughs> but Jason Long is AJ, and he's driving a red convertible in California, and he's singing loudly along to some classic rock tune, and it's very peppy. Yeah, and he's just driving along the beautiful oceanside highway. His life's in good. California. He is happy. He's just 
he's peppy. He's loving life. And he gets Again, a call this from... would be in a rom- this could be in a romantic yeah. comedy or like some sort of totally. I don't know, middle-aged comedy about guys like living in California. Fuck. And he's immediately called by his agent. They have some bad news. He's basically been accused of rape. And, um, yeah, he's not taking it super well. He's super pissed, calls the lady And he's bitch, confused. Basically. Like, he just doesn't understand why this is coming on him. Like, he immediately yeah. plays the victim card as the rapist. That's... And, like, he's talking oh to this, the woman on the phone because they're all, like, his agents. And there's, like, a yeah. male agent and a female agent. And it's just so wonderful, the the difference in how they each talk to him. Like she has this stone cold voice. It's like, yes, she is, has some serious allegations. Then the the guy, he's like, well, there is a very low possibility that they will be moving on with you in the project. If they decide to continue, sorry, buddy. And he's just still trying to be nice to him, even though he's a rapist pretty much. And they have some pretty hard evidence. It seems from the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, there's a later scene where you see him talking to one of his buddies and like Ooh. the buddy is just he's like, Hey man, you know, I'd like I believe everything you tell me, like whatever you say, I trust you, but I just wanna hear it from you, like what happened, man? Because yeah. it's all over the news. He's a, like a, I don't know, probably not an A-list celebra- celebrity, but he's like a celebrity in a TV show. Like you, you kind of gather that maybe he's like, uh, he used to be a lot, he was essentially Justin Long. He used to be a lot more popular uh, in yeah, movies. And now he's landed his TV role pilot that's getting launched. So it's like yeah. kind of, his star, his light is dwindling now. He's in the twilight of his uh, career. Yeah, well, now he's at a hard end to his career. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the twilight period stop. ends pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, it's quickly nighttime in his career. But, yeah. um, and he's basically explaining, like, yeah, man, she just took, like, a little bit of convincing. Like, mm. she, but she was, like, super into it, like, after a while. But, like, she said no at you, first, know, but you know, you know me, I'm just, like, I'm so, if if nothing else, I am just... Super, super, um, what's the word? What does he, what does he say? Uh, like he just perseveres. At you just con- have to be persistent, you know, sometimes. Persistent, there you go, persistent. that's the word. If, if anything yeah. else, I'm just super persistent. Like, Ugh. and I, you know, that's... it was a real good time. Like she was into it. It just, she just took convincing. Uh... A lot of convincing. I mean, she might not have been into it at first, but like she was oh, later. It's like, like yeah, it just like, as, as he, tells the story more and more it gets worse and worse as oh, it he's gets like... worse you start realizing like okay he's justifying everything this woman didn't want to have sex with him and he basically like persuaded her and she and, wasn't and, into it but she did it because she was drunk and like and oh, she's probably fuck. a younger actor and he's yeah. like the star so you know it's like there's that power dynamic right difference right there so he was in a yeah. position of power that he could take advantage of like who knows what he said to him to coerce her like hey i can make sure you stay on the show or i can make sure you're not on the show like you know who knows what he said to him he's not a very nice guy so it doesn't really like lead you to believe he said anything kind to her when he was attempting to rape her no yeah no it doesn't sound great no sounds pretty terrible and um yeah so basically AJ has to liquidate a bunch of his assets because he's going to be without work, basically, inevitably. So 
he's bummed because he has to sell his beach house he's like what my mortgage is too high i can't sell the house it's like well and then the the banker his accountant's so great he's like yeah well you got these properties i guess you could liquidate them and you'd be okay for a few months with your lawyer fees but i have to tell you i will no longer be representing you after this moment and he's like why and he's like so confused and the guy's just like completely deadpan staring at him it doesn't say anything to him you just know it's all on his face he's like you're a fucking rapist i know you raped a young girl like you scumbag yeah precisely yeah so he's basically uh that's how you find out he's the owner of uh this <laughs> our lovely Airbnb. house in detroit which he doesn't even manage like someone else manages for him and yeah um, the secondary company that they mentioned yeah AJ inspects the house and he finds these tunnels. And of course, we as the audience know there's some fucked up shit down there. But there's a crazy is, naked lady. Down there. He's just he's stoked because of the square footage. And yeah, he googles like, he googles like property assessment and if he finds like underground property that he owns it. So he's like just thinking about all the money he's gonna make from yeah. selling all this yeah. property. He, like oh does the basement square footage count towards the total square footage and it's like oh no shit it doesn't count towards the total square footage oh but you can put it in additional square footage oh sick okay so it does still kind of count so he's like going down with the tape measure tape like calculating like the length of Oh my god. Like oblivious to his surroundings. He is not looking at the <laughs> he's looking was at the where... He's missing the trees in the forest <laughs> through the <Yes>. forest. <laughs> like there's a part where he is uh he's like measuring the secondary hallway where he's like, Oh shit, there's another hallway and he walks past like these cages that are clearly oh meant to God. hold people and he's like huh that's weird keeps going like keeps oh, he measuring. walks past the, the the room with the with the breastfeeding video yeah. with a tv just sitting on the floor and the whole floor is covered in dirty rags with this disgusting pale purple light and just a woman's instructional breastfeeding video like yeah what it's the like fuck is that <laughs> Yeah, we don't know what it is yet either, but we just see him walk past it like, what yeah. the fuck And he's just this? like, yeah, he's a schoolboy. He's just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, in the midst oh, of measuring no. things, he hears something, and he's basically chased by this creepy, uh, creepy deformed woman, and he falls into a pit a locked by, or alongside Tess. So Tess is still alive. <laughs> Tess is back. Tess is back. And Tess is quickly calming him down and telling him that the, this woman basically just wants to be their mother and he needs to be calm otherwise she will freak the fuck out. And you don't want that. That's what she says. Don't, do. She's like, trust me, just do what she wants. And so she, you, this is your favorite scene of the whole movie where you see her her gross like long fingers holding this weird fucking bottle like it's, it's such a gross bottle like it has a super giant like the nipple topping it's so to the big bottle. it's huge it's so and it's, dis- 
disgusting. And it's so jiggly. So like Yeah, she, and it's really shiny. And it yeah, looks just like unwashed. And there are these disgusting black strands of hair. Like just and you you could tell yeah. that like they were all meticulously placed and like yeah. you could see them all perfectly in the camera shot, just all these oh, long Yeah, they made sure you could see all the hairs <sighs> in the camera shot because she you just see her hand reaching down. <laughs> towards camera because the camera is like this upshot of this bottle and the hand reaching down with like so her dark. long nasty fingernails too and she's just it's like <laughs> she's <laughs> clearly like <laughs> like just making yeah. these <laughs> and the way that she's holding the bottle like she's her hand shaking so like the nipple is jiggling around oh as it's coming down towards camera like there's some milk like dribbling out it's so fucking gross oh, and like how long has that milk been in that bottle like oh she God, doesn't, there's no fridge down know. there but Tess is like desperately trying to tell him like the only way you're gonna survive is to fucking drink this thing. So, he, and he's like, "Fuck no, I don't want to fucking do it." And Tess yeah. is like, "Drink it, you idiot! What? Fucking drink it!" And uh, he, so she's like backing away because she's afraid. But he doesn't drink it. He's like smacking it away. Tess drinks out of it, and you know the I'm gonna call this lady the mother. The yeah. mother. Um, deformed human she yes, yes, quite deformed. <laughs> tries again to get jason mm. long to drink out of the bottle <laughs> she like jumps down into the cage yep. it's like putting it right and she's right in his face it's like just drink the fucking bottle just fucking drink it she's gonna fucking murder you and then he gets dragged out of the pit by the mother and dragged into the the breastfeeding room and oh it's so fucking disturbing basically but it's so kind of satisfying for the viewer because he's oh, yeah. clearly a rapist and he's basically now getting some forceful breastfeeding yeah it's like it's molestation in a, in a very bizarre way yeah. Oh boy, yeah. So just... now he has to actually suck on her boob, not not the fake one. You should have fucking taken the dirty bottle, my man. Oh, like it's... that is much nicer than her boob. So oh, and this is like such a close up shot. It's just his head oh, and so her gross. boob, and it's the almost the whole frame is just two it's of just those things. And, and it's face. like, and he doesn't want to like put it in his mouth, so she's just like kind of whipping it Forcing around and like it. bumping it into his face and it intercuts with shots of the of the breastfeeding um the instructional video. video so it's just like yeah. cuts back and forth like, oh. yeah there's like a part where it's like don't worry it's normal for the baby to be fussy just don't get <laughs> up and it's just like cuts back to jason long and he's like oh. It like it is like riding so the razor thin line of still being disgusting without being like funny. Where it's like yeah. you you could you can understand why people may laugh at that scene, but you are still disgusted by it's it. It's so because... disturbing. Like I think it's too disturbing for it to be funny, but talking about it, like the concept of it is clearly hilarious. Like yeah. I could see myself <laughs> Well, not myself, but like someone writing this. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I could think of this. Zach Kreger, you got a, you know. got an imagination. You got a flair for visual storytelling, sir. It could be something that just escalates because I have had weird fucking ideas, and it's just starts with something as a seed, 
And then yeah. it escalates into something, and that's when you get this fucking movie. <laughs> that's when you get this movie. <laughs> so yeah, it's a snowball. It's a real it's a snowball. snowball. <laughs> so maybe. I mean, he's he's he was part of like a, a comedy sketch group, so it's all improv, right? So yeah, riffing, just having me fun having ex- now have experience doing improv. I can totally understand how it can snowball, <laughs> and it just gets super fucking weird. Yeah, and. God bless this movie for going to those places because it's God a far it. better it's refreshing. for it. It is refreshing. It's disturbing, <laughs> but it's refreshing. Um, I'm like sure... a like a bottle of warm breast milk. I was gonna say I'm sure it's more refreshing than what uh, Jason Long was experiencing in that moment. Um, you know, Ooh. hopefully, uh, so. <laughs> Tess then uses this moment to escape and uh, she runs out like clearly at this it's a crazy chase scene like um, the the mother notices or hears her leaving because she mm-hmm. st- accidentally she... steps on the fucking tape measure because I know yeah. Jason Long is an idiot in this movie <laughs> stupid tape measure <laughs> it's so great Christ. how they use everything in this movie everything yeah, that is set up is set utilized up great it's, yeah. And those fucking things are are loud. They're noisy. Super loud. Tape measures. Yeah. It's like, I was going to say, it's like liquid metal. No, it's not liquid metal. It's, <laughs> it's a D1000. <laughs> thin sheets of metal. It's just loud. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. It's like, and if you're a superpower cavewoman that's been living in the dark for God knows how many decades, you probably have really good hearing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Amazing hearing. Because it is so, dark as shit in there. Like, there are no lights except you can't the light see from the creepy breastfeeding room and then whatever the characters have. Yeah. And that's Yeah, it. they've got, like, flashlights and stuff. So, mm-hmm. which makes for good lighting. Like, good moody lighting in the movie. Yeah. So, the mother is now frantically chasing after Tess, and Tess is trying to escape. The door's still locked. I d- I'm annoyed that she even tried that, but she did it. And then, so she goes to the window, and she's breaking the window, and the homeless person that yelled at her late, at an earlier part in the movie helps her out just yeah. in time, because right as she gets yanked out, the mother is just right there with her <laughs> arms outstretched outside the window. So and good. Such a creepy shot. So good. That was a great shot, yeah. Fades back into the darkness. Yeah, and then she just, like, slinks back into the oh, darkness. Oh, um, oh, but that's... Never go. This is when we get a little bit of exposition from the homeless dude. So he's explaining, like, this is not a good house. You need to fucking leave. And that woman uh, will come after you as soon as it gets dark. And she's like, well, what is that thing? It's like, that's just a lady. That's just, like, a 40-year-old lady. She's a copy of a copy. Yeah, it's a copy of a copy of a copy, basically, saying... There's some fucking incest that happened in this house, and that's the result of it. And she just yeah. lives there. She's always lived there. And, and there's something in the house worse than her. Yes. There's like something she's not the even the worst thing down there. Worse than her. And he said, if you ever want to be safe, come to the water tower. That's mm. where I live. You'll be safe it's there. Still, and I was, and yeah. I was like, okay, cool. Some good exposition going on there. Yeah. You'll be under his and hobo protection. The hobo protection. So you learn that basically he was just trying to help her the whole time, but he's doing doing it in a terrible way. Like that was not a good way to. <laughs> I can understand so much why he'd be the frantic. Time. 
Yeah, yeah. I can understand why he'd be frantic about her going in, but like maybe just knock on the door. Yeah, or or at least try to explain it through the door. There's a crazy uh, cave woman living in your basement. She's yeah. gonna kill you or make you suck her boob for breast milk. I think maybe that would sound a little crazy. So yeah, that might be a little far. You might might That's go a little too far fetched. Yeah. So you know, keep this not the full story. Tess being uh, the way Good too person. nice person that she is. Way she, too nice. She's like, well, AJ's still in there. I have to save him. And he's like, he's fucked. Don't, yeah. don't even try. You need to get out of here. And she's like, I, I'm just going to go, go find the police. And he's like, well, good luck, I guess. And yeah, um, I'm out. <laughs> basically, yeah. she tries to get the help of the police. The police think oh, she's crazy. So frustrating. So frustrating. They think she's and the just two a drug male drug. cops as well. Yep, two male cops. It's that theme coming in every all the time with this movie, mm-hmm. which is great for a horror movie because it makes you fucking mad as shit. And oh, um, <laughs> so it's they like, just help her this back. poor woman. Yeah, right. They follow her back. It's like obviously she's not an insane person. She's mentally there. She's yeah. just been kidnapped. She's is very what it looks frazzled. Like. She's very fucking frazzled. She's been in there for weeks. We don't really know. She's covered in dirt. And, and she's um, bleeding from like her arm. <laughs> There's a lot of shit happening. They still don't believe her. And they basically like leave for a different They almost arrest her because elsewhere. they said, oh, you broke the window. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if anything, you we could take you to jail. It's like, oh my God. Are you fucking just kidding like, me right now? Fuck you. <laughs> she just literally right? screams at them. Like, fuck you. Are you just fucking leaving? <laughs> You're fucking leaving. So, meanwhile. Oh. oh, right. Not meanwhile. But we get a sudden flashback to the 1980s at this yes. point. Which is yes. another um, another thing that made me think of them. <laughs> because Very emotional whiplash again. Like, just oh. right back. Yeah, it's super them. Like, cookie cutter, Very 50s, them. nuclear family. Like, neighborhood. Very starkly different from its current... Uh, I don't know, I guess, state. And yeah. it's uh, it's a family family neighborhood. And there's just this uh, guy that we're following. And the camera just follows him. And it's such a great slow oh, shot. Oh, so good. Yeah, it just Anders. follows him everywhere. You see, um, there's like a neighbor that's like, man, the neighborhood's going to shit. Me and Shirley are moving away. We didn't yeah. want you to find out the hard way. So we're going to tell you straight to your face. You know, we're going to put that old sign right in front of the house tomorrow. So, wanted to tell you, we're out of here. The, the, guy wife, the wife the thinks we need to go. I was yeah. like, oh, of course, the wife thinks you need to go. Another you jab. don't think. It's like, oh, here we go. And so, yeah, that's, that's a really great he doesn't line. give Just... a shit. The, yeah. the owner of the Frank house, like he's, Frank, his name is Frank. And he's Frank, just yeah. like, yeah, oh, all right, well, whatever. And, and you can kind of see, see the lineage of why the mother looks the way she does, because Frank's a very tall, skinny, lanky man. Fucking huge-ass man. And he's yeah. driving to the grocery store. We see him picking up, like, real sketchy things, like a tarp and... Uh, baby, bottles, baby bottles, the baby nipples, and diapers, nip- and all this, like, stuff. hyper-helpful lady. Again, kind of like... She is almost another cautionary tale of of red flags where this like creepy mid-50s man is buying a bunch of tarps 
and baby things. And she's like, oh, well, I'll just help you right along and get everything you need. Like, she never bothers to stop to ask him. She just wants yeah. to be helpful to him and needed. So she just goes, she doesn't even stop and think for a second that why the hell is this dude who's in his 50s have a newborn baby alone? Like, that is ding, ding, ding. Yeah, and he said, oh, now we're doing a home birth. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's even creepier. Yeah, and she and she's like, "Oh, bless your, bless your soul." Yeah, and like, you're such a get, she's like, "Oh, you need to have this VHS then." And she grabs the VHS from the wall. Oh it's like, it's God! That, oh, I didn't even notice that. Is that where you got the breastfeeding? Yeah, dude? and that's where the uh. breastfeeding video comes from because that is like the main tip off that this is someone is. that is in the basement basically because you <sighs> you know you hear the homeless guys like. That and she's not the worst thing that's down there, and you're like, what the fuck else is down there? And then you see this guy buying all this stuff, and you're like, oh shit, okay, some dark shit is going on down there. And uh -huh. So he's got all of this like birthing stuff, tarp shit, and you see him go back to his neighborhood. He's like, but he's scoped out. Um, well, yeah, he woman. goes to his car. It's like another super slow shot of him just putting it in. And mm. he's just watching this woman drive her car slowly through the parking lot in her blue car. And he's just like watching every moment that she's there. And he just kind of puts all of his stuff away. He's so casual. And then it all cuts right. to him. <laughs> Hopefully everything's okay. It cuts to him just like, outside her house and she's getting her groceries out and he's just sitting there like watching chewing his gum or whatever and he like pops his trunk spits the seed out and then puts on his electrician gas man waterman outfit and you, you can yeah. just without saying anything you see exactly how he goes about getting his prey it's so and gross it's, yeah ugh. he goes in he's yeah, he goes in to check, like, the faucets or something. Yeah, yeah, and, he just wants um, to do a test. Wants to do a test, but you see him just unlock the window. Like, he turns the yeah. the tap on, unlocks the window, turns the tap off, goes out. He's like, looks like everything's fine in here. And then he leaves. He's like, well, I'm having a nice day now. Leaves. I'm sorry for the oh, intrusion. <laughs> my fucking God. You're going to go back and fucking steal her. And... It's so much worse not showing it because you know what happens to the these victims yeah. like their fate you've seen and it's terrifying to think that it's like terrifying oh, yeah he's been doing this for a while <gasps> yay trust issues and you so don't know how long he's been doing it as well yeah trust issues that's for sure like who knows oh, this is why we have trust issues so <laughs> he goes back Whoa. to the house and you just hear a woman screaming, basically. He enters a room and she starts fucking screaming. And you're like, great. And his, oh, his nice. house is so sketchy looking compared to what it looks like in the Airbnb where it's all nice and it has like Ikea, like yeah. uh, Wayfair furniture catalog kind of looking thing. Yeah. And then Frank's interior is just like a sea of bottles and like everything's filthy. And it's just, oh, no, it's, it's so like, nice. yep, this is, this is where... You definitely murder and rape people is a house like this. But from the outside, it looks beautiful, like nice and it painted. Yeah. Immaculate yard. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it looks fine from the outside, but that's that's the flashback. Ooh. It basically ends when he walks into the room, there's a screaming woman, and we cut still back to um AJ. He's still down there and uh, he's basically now escaped that 
that room after uh, yeah. the mother ran away and he he finds another door that we haven't seen before and he goes in and well the uh, mother chases him to that door too oh oh <laughs> gonna say yeah he basically he runs to the door and the mother is chasing him and um <clears throat> you see her stop dead in her tracks like once he gets close to that door and she goes the other way so it's like all right, what the fuck's in there where she's afraid of it? Oh, no. <laughs> so she goes in and, or sorry, he goes in and he sees this super old decrepit man, which we quickly see is the old version of Frank. Yeah. Lying in a super disgusting his room. Bottles. His like... bottles everywhere. He's his bed is disgusting he looks like he's dead but he's the not. set dressing in that room oh. is is just spot on to be the most disgusting room they could have possibly made yeah you see this collection of oh and he's like trying to get justin long to bring him his table and he's like doesn't he can't even speak like he's just lying in bed like has the worst existence of manageable you don't even know how long he's lived underground like because he doesn't even own the house anymore so it's like fuck how long has he been down there right yeah yeah it's disgusting and there's like a wall of vhs tapes which oh, have names I'm... on them of like redhead or toothless. One says suicide, I think. Oh, oh. Another one's like gas station attendant. One's gas, like gas station redhead, and that's the one yeah. that's like in the tape thing. Oh, like... He pushes it in, presses play, immediately is like, "What the fuck?" Turns it off. He's like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" You and, don't um, see it, but you just hear like a whipping noise and a woman giving a blood curdling scream, and that is yeah. enough. Yep, exactly. And oh. uh, this old guy is basically just in his bed with the TV in front of him and with he all these watch, tapes. He watches lined his up. rape tapes over and over again. Like, that's how he spends his life. Like, he's yeah. essentially. A terrifying version of Dennis from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, because Dennis has a sex tape collection too. That they, uh, there's like an ongoing joke about, and he names them like waitress or like coffee <laughs> girl, and he like yeah. So he has a whole collection of sex tapes, and it's like he is just Dennis is disgusting, but it's played up in a comedic way where it's yeah actually not horrifying After, but it's like, could be watching this it, it yeah. makes it feel probably more disgusting than it oh it I does mean, it's not yeah a good thing to do but you know like that it's exactly where he's going yeah so uh yeah then basically frank uh shoots himself in the head and aj grabs the gun and runs out of that room <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah it's a good call uh and tess is outside. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it cuts back to Tess, and she's standing there in front of the house, and the sun's starting to set. And oh no, 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 no! Right. Sorry, it's nighttime, and she's in her car, and she's waiting. <laughs> yeah, she's waiting in her Jeep Compass for nighttime for... to fall. Oh, for nighttime to fall. Right. Okay, that makes sense. And then. The mother comes out and she just drives straight <laughs> to the mother and like pins her against the 
the house and she stops moving. So then Tess runs back inside to get AJ and they kind of like run into each other in the hallway, but AJ shoots her because I think I'm assuming he assumes it's the it's mother. It's the mother. Mm -hmm. No, it's I'm Tess. So sorry. It, injures, I'm so sorry. it injures her. It doesn't kill her. So they both continue to escape. Bullet to the gut, though. That wouldn't feel too good. Yeah. Um, and they find that the mother has now fled from the car crash scene. So they both try to find refuge with the homeless guy. And so they get to the water tower and he's assuring them that it's fine. She's never found him here before. And right as she, as he's saying that the mother bursts through <laughs> this uh, brick wall, like Kool-Aid man style, and hey. rips his arm off. Oh yeah! I would love it if someone edited it with the sounds of the Kool-Aid Man when he's like Ooh, ripping yeah. off his arm. Oh yeah! Oh my God. Oh yeah! And uh, so that happens. It's, and then it's so funny. AJ and Tess flee to the water tower. Like they're running up the water tower now. They climb to the top. The mother follows, of course. And it's in a great moment man. of of uh, courage. AJ just tosses Tess off of the fucking water tower and then the mother just runs and jumps off of the water tower in like this amazing pose and the camera is shooting up <laughs> at her as it's like she's starfishing off of oh, this water tower and just zooms down basically and somehow manages to cushion Tess's fall and saves her. Because she does so consider Tess at this point her her child, essentially. And so Justin yeah. Long uses that to his advantage. And just Tess is like, Justin Long also abandons her as, as he's running up the stairs. He just pieces it ahead of her and she's stumbling up the stairs. She has a bullet in her stomach. And then she gets to the top and he's like, we can't survive. She's never going to stop coming for us. And it's like, well, it's like, but I can survive. And he just, like, by her hair. He's like, here's your baby. And just throws her, hucks her off the side of the water oh tower. Like, God. it's such a cruel moment. Like, he has so no consideration cruel. for anybody yeah. but himself. Like, it's, like, the pinnacle yeah. scumbag moment that just confirms every suspicion you had about him. Because he has, like, this moment at one point where he's, he's kind of trying to, he's talking to himself and he's not sure if he's a good person that did a bad thing or if he's just a bad person all the time. And he has like this kind of moral struggle and, you know, both of the characters are given a chance to kind of uh, pass their moral test. And she does by going back into the house and saving Justin Long. And he super fails by hucking her off the water tower. Yeah. He super, super fails. And, um, <laughs> Now is the moment I feel like I've kind of been waiting for throughout this movie, which maybe yes. makes me a bad person, to be honest, but we'll see. It's satisfying um, at this point. You really it's want It's satisfying at this point. He's fucked over so many fucking people. He maybe so doesn't yes. deserve this, but he... Anyways, he, 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 this is what he He tried gets. to murder. He, he tried to murder a woman. He does deserve it. He tried to kill I her. I mean, like, I don't like to say anyone deserves to die. That's not a hard <laughs> decision to make. But this is a horror movie, so in, in some degree, I think, at least in this pretend world, he deserves it. He <laughs> so, had it coming. He had it he coming. He had it coming. He, so he walks down the water tower to see if Tess is okay and she is okay she's alive but the mother 
basically jumps the, up and like the dialogue holds. that he says to her though is to her he's like oh i'm so oh. sorry i had to do it you slipped you slipped oh i couldn't i couldn't had to and like he's just like running oh. through his mind trying to justify that he's still a good person and he's just saying all this nonsense to her and she's half dead lying on top of this monster and Jesus she's obviously Christ, doesn't yeah. give a shit about what he's saying she just doesn't want to be dead and it's and then mother <laughs> but it's and just the dialogue is so good the dialogue is terrible so he's like basically scrambling for some sort of a justification for his actions trying yeah. to prove to himself that he's not a bad person it was just for survival he's rewriting and, um, history as he is speaking <laughs> in his own mind as he's saying this the mother jumps up grabs him by the throat and like puts her thumbs in his eyeballs and his <laughs> eyeballs just like squish out of his eye sockets and then we cut so from behind goofy. and he she tears his head in half and just <laughs> yeah. dumps him on the ground and yeah that's the end of justin long and then she goes back to tess and she's like oh baby baby tries to like get it's her kind to of sad back. it's like it you feel bad for this sad. poor abused woman like she hasn't lived anything but abuse she doesn't existence. know anything. All she wants is to care for something. Yeah. And Tess to her now, yeah, is her child. And she's just... Tess is very injured at this point. Obviously. Very she injured. She's in a bad, bad way. She can't get up. And, like, the the mother is trying to get her up. And she's like, I can't. I'm too injured. And I'm not Tess going back to that house. Not like... going back there. And she grabs... The gun is nearby her, and so she picks it up and puts the gun to the mother's head, and the mother kind of recognizes what it is. Uh, doesn't really say, doesn't like stop her from doing it, is still kind of like comforting Tess, and then mm -hmm. Tess shoots her in the head, and she's dead. And we just kind of end on. It's a hard cut right there. It's like, <laughs> after the gunshot wound, it yeah. like goes right to the director writer credit at the end. We do like, see an extra shot of Tess walking. Yeah, so they show them in the soon. credits as like, and this yeah. like super happy music is playing now. And it's just like, she's so it's just presumed that she survived, but you just see her like struggling, like walking out of the neighborhood, basically. It's yeah, like she's got a long fucking road. <laughs> yeah, you believe that at least hope that she survived. Like, you know, there was yeah. a gas station kind of nearby that she phoned the police at, so she could get to that gas station. Yeah. Hopefully, the hopefully ambulance drivers in Detroit aren't as shitty as the police oh force. Oh god, yeah. It's like we're not helping you. You're too injured. You're too injured. Yeah, just get me to the fucking hospital. Someone help yeah. me. Just like, yeah, that hard cut to black. It's kind of like a Sopranos ending. <laughs> Everyone was pissed about it. Sopranos ended with like a, a cut to black with a gunshot, I think. I think that's how that oh, show really? ended. People were super pissed. <laughs> so, nice. <laughs> might be a little homage to that. Who knows? So yeah, that's, uh, that's Barbarian. What a it movie. Was good. It was a yes. good movie. Yeah. Would recommend... Yeah, yeah, I would recommend. That's a great movie. It's <laughs> one of my favorite horror movies of the year, I think. It is a great, small, well-executed horror movie that just shows yeah. you don't need a bunch of bullshit to spook people out. You just need a creepy hallway and the fear of a giant naked woman coming out of the darkness and beating you. 
Exactly. Did you have any extra little tidbits? I do have some extra mm. stuff. I'll start with the uh, inspiration for the uh, the movie is uh, a book called The Gift of Fear. And uh, there is a chapter in it specifically about how, um, how uh, society has essentially taught women to ignore small red flags that... Uh, you know, normally would be off-putting, like really simple things that have just become mainstream culture that unfortunately women have been subjected to as simple as like, you know, an unwanted hand, like touch or, or like giving a nickname, complimenting your name. Like it, like when um, Bill Skarsgård hears uh, her name for the first, Tessa's name for the first time, it's like, oh, that's such a beautiful name. And mm -hmm. it seems like these little things seem like nothing to the man saying it, but without the understanding of what women have to deal with on a daily basis, it is very, it can be conceived as off-putting and a, a warning that this person might do something far more malicious. And, you know, it's like the crocodile tears where, you know, you're pretending mm -hmm. to be one thing while plotting this disgusting act and just trying to lure this woman into lowering her guard enough that you can do this to her. And so... Uh, he actually just started Zach, uh, Krager. He just started out. He said, it's like, yeah, one night I was just, I read the book and I was like kind of inspired by the idea of, of like, uh, of this woman put, getting into a situation with like an Airbnb where she has to be around this man who's been double booked. And so he just wanted to, he was just wanted to create a scene with them talking. And that was the original idea and putting as many of these little, red flags that men do to women in it as possible. So that's why there's all these different little moments of like the drink and, you know, everything Bill Skarsgård yeah. does is kind of from this book. And, okay. and so he, he had the idea. He's like, okay, well, you know, it's fine. He's like, you know, this conversation. So where's it going to go? And so he did come up with the idea that uh, there was like a bunker, essentially like a sex dungeon under the house and Tess finds it, and he's like, I was writing it. She gets down there, and, you know, she finds uh, Keith, and, well, then I got to the point of writing the inevitable ending that everyone would imagine was going to happen, this terrible act that Keith was going to do, and then he just thought, fuck, that's so predictable. I, it's like, yeah. everyone's going to expect that to happen. Of course, it's like, yeah. yeah, the guy lures her into a sex dungeon and rapes her. Yep, that makes sense. Like, and so he's like, ah, oh, fuck it. It's like, you know what? He's like, a na huge naked woman comes out of the darkness <laughs> and smashes Keith's head into the wall and kills him. <laughs> and he just oh literally God. wrote that just to be ridiculous. And then he was like, oh, fuck, that was a great idea. Well, now the story's over. What am I going to do? And so he just kind of wrote it as the very first piece. And that was yeah. what he originally came up with, was the Airbnb and then the woman coming out of the darkness and murdering him. And that was it. But he kind of fell in love with the idea and started to just, like he said, snowball and just kind of add more of these tones. And then he came up with the idea of Justin Long and, <clears throat> he just kind of expanded the story from this one conversation that he wanted to write and he's yeah, yes so that's cool writing writing something that you like will translate well into uh <laughs> into exactly. real world yeah don't just make something to make it like you need to do something you want to do yeah for it yeah. to turn out good 
usually. <laughs> yeah, and he, he he said he's like, yeah, you know, I just and he, he came up with the title of Barbarians. So he's like, well, I didn't want to name it Untitled Script Number Two, so I just figured <laughs> oh, Barbarian, and oh he said God. that. Uh, that seemed to work. It was a good name. And uh, he said there's these people that reached out to him and they're like, you know what? Oh, your title is so smart. It's so smart. He's like, why is why is it smart? And he's like, well, you do know that uh, she lives on or she goes to the Airbnb at 476 <laughs> Barberry, Barberry Lane. And he's like, and did you know? And that's the same year that Rome fell to the barbarians. And he's like, holy shit, is that true? It's like, I went to Google and it fucking is. It was true. I didn't know that, but it was a happy accident. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) So he's like, he's like, it's fun to see all these people like dive in and create so much greater meaning from something that he just thought up. That always happens. And I'm always convinced, like, half the time I'm talking about movies, I'm like, I wonder if they even thought about this. Because it could have just <laughs> been, like, it just works for the story or for the character. They probably didn't have this type of meaning in it. I know for a fact, like, there's some people reviewing movies that put way too much meaning in stuff. And I feel like... <laughs> I think it makes unless... them feel more intelligent than they actually are. Like, I'm yeah. I'm diving into this greater meaning that no one else can see but me because I am so deep. Unless you're watching, like, Twin Peaks or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... And, and that could just be nonsense. That just could be David Lynch shenanigans. Who knows I'm which, like, yeah. what it is. But I know David Lynch thinks a, everything through so much and he puts so much meaning into some specific imagery that represent like someone dying or like whatever it's oh yeah he, so he, yeah he, i don't it know it all makes like, sense to him yeah, <laughs> exactly it makes sense to him but it's not like he's connecting it to to like I don't know, pop culture or some reference in the real world. It's just like, it represents this to him. So therefore it makes sense. But unless you know David Lynch, it might not make much sense. But anyways, continue (laughs) with what you were talking about. Watch season three (laughs) of Twin Peaks. I was not smart enough to understand it. (laughs) I I still have to make it through all of Twin Peaks. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) I I liked liked what I saw, but yeah, I still have to finish it. I liked... I, oh yeah, well, we, this doesn't need to be our review of Twin Peaks. Maybe we'll watch that sometime. That could be a fun oh <laughs> conversation yeah. to have. But we'll keep that one for another another day. And yes. uh, so, uh, in terms of the script, uh, when Justin Long started reading it, he actually did think it was a romantic comedy, because, like you said, it does begin, and especially yeah. when you're just reading it on paper, it does kind of sound like a meat cute story about these two people renting an airbnb and then it's like but then i kept reading and (laughs) i saw very quickly that it was not a romantic comedy and (laughs) it's like what where's this movie going and he said that he was reading it when he was on going on a road trip alone in a camper van and he was like he was at this sketchy like uh, truck stop in louisiana Oh, and it was no. nighttime when he was reading this. Oh. And he said that he's like, yeah, you know, as a 43-year-old man, I ended up getting scared of the dark and the loud noises oh. that were happening outside. So I had to put it away. <laughs> but I finished yeah, I it in understand. the morning from the safety of daylight. 
Don't worry, I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and the the woman who plays uh, Tess also Tess. said for it's just like she says she said she just like read the whole thing. She was just like, "What the fuck's happening?" It's like, "Why is this happening now?" And it's like, she said it was. It's just like if it was this good on paper. It's going to at least be, as long as you don't fuck it up, it's going to be a good movie <clears throat> if you enjoy yeah. it this much. Yeah. Also, reading that would have been super fun. It's like, what the fuck is this turning into? That would be, yeah, that would be such a bizarre like way of thinking about it because he was so convinced that it was a romantic comedy that he's just like, oh, okay, I'm going to be like the, the, the sidekick friend or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. no. Uh, so no, you're an asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one of the questions was, is like, do you think, were uh, you uncomfortable portraying such a terrible person? He's like, no, it's like, I revel at the idea. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, horrible, horrible human. Oh, he <laughs> so, liked playing that character? Well, he said, I think he liked the challenge of, of being such like a scummy person while still thinking so highly of himself. Like, no, it's an interesting role because it has yeah. some depth to it. Like it's. Mm-hmm. The character himself doesn't seem like he has depth, but as an actor, having to portray that would be interesting. Yeah, his lack of depth is his character depth. <laughs> is this kind of the interesting thing to play? It's like, yeah, playing a believable asshole that has no depth. Because it's like, yeah, this guy thinks he's a good guy, but he's not. So you kind of have to understand why he thinks he's a good person, how he's mm. justifying it to himself, and like... Yeah, it's interesting because yeah. a lot of people will write characters or play characters that are just assholes, but you don't know why. You don't necessarily yeah. believe like it's a real person that you could encounter. It's like you've experienced yeah. assholes, but they're usually, usually people think they're good people. Like that's kind of life, you know? Well, yeah, it's like the famous, you know, the saying, everyone thinks they're the hero of their own story. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's the, that's the, per- that's the character that he is. It's that he is constantly confused why all these terrible things are happening to him, even though he's directly responsible for everything that happens to him. Like, yeah. Which is a delight. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so in keeping with Justin Long, there was actually another scene that was, that was shot after the, the, the nipple sucking scene. There, oh. <laughs> there was a, apparently there was a shot where um, it was then going to cut to like showing a rat crawling on the floor. And then mother grabs the rat, bites its head off and then chews it up in her mouth. <gasps> And no! baby bird feeds it into Justin Long's mouth. Oh, that would have been so gross. <laughs> it's like we had to get rid of that one. <laughs> oh my god, I'm I, sure Justin was not uh, too um, sad about that. <laughs> no, well they filmed it though, so he saw oh. to do it. He had to cut it from the movie though because it didn't fit. <laughs> He said just for pacing issues, they had to kind of cut it down because it's just like they didn't want to. um, uh, The director said that it was it was it was showing the face of the mother too much. And they wanted to make sure to, like, keep it, you know, hidden as much as possible. The alien effect. You want to make sure you don't show it as much as possible. You want to keep it till the end so that it's a scary and 
you don't really know what it is yet. And so they said, unfortunately, when you have a shot of her chewing a rat up in her mouth, you can't really help but shoot a close-up of her face. So <laughs> that's why they got rid of yeah, it. Yeah, they could have done like an extreme close-up of her mouth or something. <laughs> Yeah, I actually, like, I, don't know, I don't know why I just thought of this, but Red Letter Media reviews uh, this, this terrible movie called Suburban Sasquatch, and there's like a shot where he's like eating humans, and it is a close-up right of in his mouth. It's like, oh, it's like this terrible rubber mask. Oh, no. I'm picturing there's a scene from Lord of the Rings where it's Gollum oh, yes. biting into the fish, you know, and it's the close-up of his mouth like that. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Yeah. yeah, they should have, they could have Gollumed it. Could have you know it. Oh my god, I just realized that's the romantic couple, Gollum and Mother. They they're perfect for each other. They both <laughs> live in caves alone. They're they they're nudists. <laughs> they're really open with their bodies. They both like eating they disgusting are very things. Open with their bodies, yeah. <laughs> like, they, they both could have share together. Yeah, she it wants could be to like... be <laughs> It could be like, like the scene from uh, Lady and the Tramp, but with a fish, <laughs> and it's with the mother and like Gollum. Human piece of food, just <laughs> or it's like, or it's like, like make like a sitcom intro. It's like mother and Gollum, and it's like she's dressed up in like a fifty housewife outfit, and he's dressed up in his little suit. And he's like coming home. Oh my god! <laughs> he's like from the Her office. Boobs are swinging around, and he's just gross. <laughs> they just yell at each other yeah she's like six foot five or something and it golems like three feet tall picks him up and like like swaddles him oh my god that sounds good i'd watch this oh my god yes golem and mother that's the that's the couple i want to ship yeah, always we always have to end each episode with our own pitch of something yeah. related to the movie we just watched. <laughs> you know what, people listening to this, whether they think they want to watch it or not, if you showed somebody that, they would at least pay attention for it if you explained to them what it was. Like, if okay, you at I, least, yeah. I, I don't know why. I don't want to necessarily watch this. But it sounds so messed up and bizarre that I, I at least have to see it. Like it's like a train yeah. wreck. <laughs> you see, you see, this is how these ideas happen. Like that's yeah. exactly how how the director got to the point of this <laughs> the mother, weird yeah. naked um, incest mother lady like <laughs> starfish jumping off of a water tower. Oh my god, that shot! It's so funny, just like in slow mo, just like. Oh. So good, so good. So yeah, and uh, so they actually, uh, well, credit to uh, to to Zach Crager uh, for being persistent because you know it's he's a comedy guy from this yeah. comedy group called the Whitest Kids You Know, and so and he's never directed us anything, and and so it took him like a year and a half of solid rejections before he finally got a. Uh, he got like uh, funded from like a private investor, and uh, so they they filmed the movie in Bulgaria, actually, not Detroit. Oh, okay. Very random. I did not expect to find out that that movie was shot in Bulgaria. Random. <laughs> it was. The whole movie. Huh. Really Must bizarre. Be a cheap place to film, I guess. I guess. I just thought it was funny because I know Detroit offers really good tax incentives to film there oh. because it's like a desolate wasteland, but. 
they did a great job of making it look like uh, yeah. Detroit. They said they just had a field and they had, they made like the house and then there was like a, like something, there's like a, a lab, like a giant building on the other side of the street where from the main house and they just put like facades up over the wall of the lab and that was, those oh. were the houses and they built like uh, 17, I think, 17 fake fronts of houses and uh it's funny because he he hated the shot he's like you can see the wall behind the fucking house it's like people are gonna think this is shit and he's like oh and nobody nobody's brought it up <laughs> so i guess it doesn't matter no one's noticed oh my god i didn't <laughs> notice it at all neither did i i thought they're all real houses for sure but it's just a field it was just a big open field and they just built all this crap and then Whoa. they built they built the whole interior of the house, like the main floor, not the dungeon. And then they also on a stage. And then they also built the whole dungeon area. And they do have a 20 foot drop that goes down into this like cave system where all the rooms are. And it's actually not lit down there. So they did say like when the lights are out, it is complete pitch black. So it's scary. All right. Yeah, yeah. They do a really good job of making it spooky. Jeez. Yeah, it's uh, they use a lot of natural lighting, which was no lighting, and it was just that from the lights. Would be a very interesting shot or movie to film, like as an actor, to be in that cave system. <laughs> yeah, like darkness, oh my just God. Like, looking around <laughs> with your little flashlight, like. Because, wow. yeah, Justin Long's got his little knife at one point and his little flashlight and he's just wandering around in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's so impressive. It's, like, how they just, like, connect the shots of, like, the the house to the basement, which are probably... I guess the basement, the basement itself would be part of the cave set, and that's how they would do it, I guess. Like, if if it was, like, a completely separate set. So I was just wondering how they would connect, like, the house basement to, like, the set that's the cave basement. But it's probably oh, the yeah. same thing. It's probably the same thing, I imagine. Just uh, camera camera tricks and probably, like, comping in backgrounds and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Fun movie mm-hmm. magic stuff. <laughs> movie magic. It's movie magic. But that's about all the movie magic that I have for Barbarian. Uh, I look right. forward to... A hopeful, hopefully at least a commentary track by the director. I hope they get like a Blu-ray release. I don't know if they have a hard copy coming out, but I think it did fairly well. I hope it did. Yeah, it should. You would think, but oh crap, Disney movies. Yeah. Oh crap! I forgot. <laughs> One of the craziest parts of the story was um, so they got their private investor to to make the film, and the. The day of his going away party, where he was leaving for Bulgaria the next day to uh, go and film it, their financier died. Oh. (laughs) And so the movie was off. They didn't have any funding, and he had to be told, oh, yeah, sorry, you you can't make your movie. And just so happens to be the same day the studio that's owned by Disney watched or read the script and said they loved it and they wanted to make it however he wanted and they greenlit the project the same day that the guy died. So then he phoned, phoned his guy in Bulgaria back up. He's like, the movie's back on! 
it's like you gotta bring this you gotta bring the staff back you're like oh i fired them all already <laughs> oh my so god like, oh shit so then that guy had to then go and find an entire new crew to shoot the film but uh, apparently he he worked his his movie magic and <laughs> got all of the people he needed nice oh my god so, that's crazy this movie had to overcome some obstacles to get made it's uh this is a great it's hilarious to say, but this was a passion project of Zach Krager. And passion by God, what a wonderfully just, weird passion that man has. But I respect the shit. didn't give up. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Good job, man. Like, that's so funny that it just yeah. took so long. But So many no's. He's like, I talked to everybody in Hollywood and they all said no. <laughs> I no, guess but... that's, a good, that's a good lesson. It's like, well, if you really believe in something. Yeah. You know. And... Keep trying. Never know. And like, if you actually do get to make it, you know you're you're going to try really hard to make it as good as possible. So, you oh know, yeah, if you get diversity. that one yes, you yeah. get that one yes, you're like, oh my god, I'm going to make this the best I fucking can. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know this is your one chance. Don't fuck yeah. it up. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's so cool. That's a good way to end this. Yeah. So, Barbarian, yeah. a passion moral, project. The moral of the story is just believe in yourselves. Yeah, believe do. in your dreams. Believe you can be a mother dream. even if you've lived in a basement your entire life and you're inbred. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're going for. It's all uh, about dreams. It's all, it's, all about, it's all about dreaming big, all right? Dream, dream big. So <laughs> You yeah. shoot for that gloomy basement. Yeah. Hope, hopefully a little higher than that because you know you could do better than a gloomy basement yeah if you're watching well, this podcast you've been faced yeah in making this movie Listen. though his dream was to make a gloomy basement so his gloomy basement was his sunshine it's just it's true you know. it's very very true all right everybody yeah. thanks for listening and we'll see you guys next time bye, bye. all right podcast's over i don't want to be here anymore